Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to the Tom Myers versus the rest of the world post Kyle Rittenhouse trial verdict fallout special. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse would have been lucky no matter the verdict. In jail or out, he still would have gotten laid. (laughs) As prone as Kyle Rittenhouse is to emotional breakdowns, he would easily get a father figure in prison on his first day. As his cellmate would utter the words, I'll give you something to cry about. Kyle Rittenhouse is already being considered by some on the alt-right to be the next Alex Jones. I'm not sure that's a valid comparison. No one ever thought of trusting Alex Jones with an AR-15. The initial reactions in Kenosha, Wisconsin were somewhat subdued once the verdict came out. No shit. Look what happened the last time everyone in Kenosha got out of control. Kyle Rittenhouse's classmates at Arizona State now want him expelled as a student from their campus. Do you know how psychotic you have to be for Arizona State students to want you out? (laughs) that's like nambla saying kevin spacey is too creepy to attend their meetings (laughs) 
President Joe Biden was undergoing a colonoscopy when the verdict came out, which is the perfect way to take in the verdict. Heavily drugged. (laughs) Greg Gutfeld was on Fox the day of the verdict, saying he felt sorrier for the businesses that got burned than he did for the people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot. Greg Gutfeld has this obsession with buildings burned during riots. I think he feels sorry for them because the buildings give him the same reaction that everyone has to his poorly constructed punchlines. <laughs> and now on with the show. Joining me tonight are Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Chip Jones. Hey, thank you, Tom. Jeff, Abby, Chip, welcome. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, I had an uh, interesting situation uh, today. I subbed at a local high school. And the biggest challenge as a sub is pronouncing the students' names right. Mm. And some of them uh, just go along with it, uh, have sympathy for an old white guy. <laughs> and, but today, the name was D-E hyphen S-T-I-N-E-E. D-E hyphen S-T-I-N-E-E. So I said, just today. And she goes, oh, my God, it's destiny. <laughs> so that wasn't good. <laughs> I, think it'll, I think it'll be OK, because I assume there are a ton of those kids. Names. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Abby, please tell us how your week's been. Uh, it was going OK till today. I've been following the Supreme Court uh, case a little bit too closely. I'm wearing I don't know if you can see them, my descent earrings they have mm. little uh ruth bader ginsburg collar on them uh for good luck i don't think they worked though reading what came out of the sort of summaries from today it's pretty upsetting so uh i hope we do have some laughs tonight because mm-hmm. i am very afraid for my my reproductive rights and yeah, it's, it's quite shocking that uh when kavanaugh said he believes in precedent uh that he didn't follow that and say exactly. that today Yes. I'm particularly disturbed by Amy Barrett's comments about, um, you know, with if you can adopt, there's no point. We don't need abortion because you can always adopt. Uh, And, you know, that might if that argument held any weight, you would also have to have an infrastructure for women to safely bring a baby to term, which we don't have. And we have, you know, a lot of the states that are the ones that are going to roll back these laws have the already have the worst maternal death percentages. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just particularly disturbed by that as an argument coming from a woman. But they don't care about the health of the mother. It's the mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, one of the justices said today, it's uh, you shouldn't have to uh, choose the mother over the fetus. You can choose the fetus over the mother. So that's the way it goes in their in their eyes, unfortunately. Chip, welcome Glad to the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, I guess my first question, Abby, um, the descent on your earrings. How's that spelled? D E hyphen. I know a girl in descent. Yeah, I, I'm sure Kavanaugh believes in president the same way he believes in Santa, you know, it's, uh, I believe in it, but it's not real, right? Is that, is that what it is? I don't know. The adoption thing is what gets me. I mean, I don't, the only situation in which I believe I could ever adopt is I want to adopt a girl. 
between the ages of 18 and 22. Oh, Ooh, now you're canceled. <laughs> I've I think been canceled have, I think for years. Be, I think you have to be a, a congressman from Florida or Ohio to do that, don't, don't you? <laughs> That's too old for them to do that. <laughs> we can say that the Rittenhouse acquittal is an indication of the justice system serving its purpose, but we know it's a little more complex. For instance, Lady Justice is shown to be blind and impartial, yet while the eyes are covered, the ears are still open so she can tell if the person seeking justice sounds Caucasian. Joining us tonight to discuss the Rittenhouse verdict and other legal aspects of the case, public defender, Scott Reed. Thank you, thank you. Scott, welcome. Great to be here, Tom. Thank you. Uh, this, is, uh, this is quite an occasion to, uh, to bring uh, this assembly of uh, great minds to discuss how uh, we all screwed each other out of justice in this particular situation, but let's 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 talk about it. So, I mean, I know that uh, that various aspects of the case uh, kind of led to uh, led to the verdict. We can argue whether or not that the the surviving victim Gage uh, Grosskreutz kind of, for lack of a better term, you know, shot himself in the foot with regard to his uh-huh. regard to his testimony. Yeah, and uh, how like his mother came out and said in, in interviews that uh, if it wasn't so violent, he, if he didn't have the gun, then he wouldn't have had. Then he would have been the one to get shot. But not considering that if he hadn't have had the gun, then the other people would have there would have not considered it say an active shooter situation. And then the judge, all but putting his finger on the scale in that particular case. I mean, mean, was was it inevitable? Was it inevitable with that? Was the verdict inevitable with all those factors in consideration? I I think that the the verdict was inevitable from the standpoint that the the law, as it's written in the state of Wisconsin, uh, when they were applied to the facts as were presented to the jury and the the, the video evidence that was presented to the jury, um, I really was not surprised at all about the verdict. Um, you, you have a, a situation where self-defense in the state of Wisconsin, and, and I actually did a little bit of homework on this because obviously I'm, I'm not a Wisconsin attorney. I've only practiced in Maryland and Pennsylvania, but you have to show, and the, the prosecution has to show beyond a reasonable doubt, and that's a high standard, that this was not self and, and that's entirely the burden on the state. And not only do they have to show it's not self-defense, self-defense is applied in Wisconsin, means that uh, you can use deadly force if you think that um, it's reasonable, if you're in fear of imminent bodily harm or death. It doesn't have to be serious bodily harm. It doesn't have to be maiming. It doesn't have to be somebody comes at you with a knife and you have a right to use a gun. It could be bodily harm which is a pretty low standard. That could mean a punch to the face. It could mean a BB gun. It could mean anything. And, and I think that the video really did establish um, that there was certainly some doubt as to whether or not um, that Kyle Rittenhouse actually was in fear um, when the first person, Jake Joseph Rosenbaum, uh, confronted him that particular evening. Um, you, you had gunshot residue on his hands showing that he had at least touched a firearm that particular evening, which lends credence to the assertion that he did in fact reach for Kyle Rittenhouse's 
uh, AR-15 assault rifle. So all that being said, the, the prosecution had an uphill battle. Uh, they were in front of a judge who certainly had his own quirks. And I, I also think that you can't take the blame off of the prosecutor himself. He made some serious missteps as a seasoned trial lawyer, some mistakes that you should never make. So you throw that all into a, a, a big pot and stir it up and out comes a, a, what I think is a, a legally justifiable verdict, but uh, I, I think a serious miscarriage of justice from the standpoint of somebody who's acquitted, who I think went to Kenosha looking for trouble, put himself in a position to uh, inflict harm on someone else, on, on three people, in fact. And uh, I don't think that that was right. But from a, a defense lawyer's perspective, as somebody who's actually argued these types of cases before, I can absolutely see why the jury came down with the verdict that they did. So, you know, the, the thing I, I, I um, liken this to is, is the Trayvon Martin situation yeah. where you, you can be, for all intents and purposes, the aggressor, the person who, who begins this cascade but still use the self-defense. Even it's, it's like you can write a check that your butt can't cover. And then when you get in trouble, it's like, well, you know, then I was in fear of my life. It's like, yeah, but you started this. And the way the Wisconsin law is kind of like Florida, it doesn't matter if you started it. If you got yourself to the point where you felt you were in danger, you have the right to self-defense. And I think that's where the law is wrong. You know, we, we shouldn't reward people for instigating. You're absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more, Chip. And and there is that that old, you know, the discussion about the stand your ground laws. But actually in Wisconsin, they had this unique quirk where you can actually provoke a confrontation. But as long as and what if you provoke a confrontation, you, you can't assert the self-defense. But and here's where it gets weird. If you withdraw, if you retreat, if you basically run away, you regain the, 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 the position of being able to assert self-defense. And um, I, unfortunately, what the video showed was Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, getting into a verbal confrontation with the, with the first guy, running away. And now once he runs away, he's established his retreat. He's established that he's withdrawing from the confrontation, even though he provoked it. And that places the burden on Mr. Rosenbaum, the deceased, to basically hit back off to his corner. Uh, but when that didn't happen, when the, the escalation continued, it, we, we had the result that we had. Um, and it's just really sad because there's so many guns. There's so much violence going on. And it's not just in our cities. Don't listen to Governor Hogan. It's not just Baltimore where all this stuff is happening. Right. It's happening in every single district across the country. Every red district, every blue district, suburb, exurb, underburb, whatever you want to call it, violence is up. Just because there's so much guns. So he has a hero complex and he wants to be a savior. That's that's the same thing. That's the, you know, I'm not saying that people who go into nursing are, you know, all mm. sociopaths like this kid, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I mean it when you lump those things together, that isn't saying, oh, he he wants to help people. No, he wants to be in control. He wants to have an adrenaline rush. He wants to, you know, like be a savior. And that's what he was trying to be that night, except to the wrong thing well, well what think, does instagram say bro i'm just trying to be famous that's, that's right. pretty much where it hey was. I, but in his defense when i got COVID and i was in the hospital and the nurse came in to take my temperature i was like hey what's up with the ak-47 so i mean you know, <laughs> there, 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 there are nurses out there that are packing i'm just saying there i mean you can also argue that 
those acts of violence would not have happened had he not had the gun with him. I mean, conservatives right. are always saying that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy with a gun. So in this instance, you had three, maybe more uh, good guys with guns. And it turns out the uh, bad guy may have won in this instance. Well, it would be interesting if it had played out the other way, if they had killed him and then they went self-defense. Well, this guy, this kid's running around with an AK-47. I felt it dangerous, so I shot him. You know, it's like, that's the whole thing I find problematic with this is that it seems like this door could swing either way. And, and I don't think that's the way we want our laws written. You know, For accuracy, AR-15. The AR-15. Scott, uh, Scott, when he, when, uh, when the judge uh, said that the victims shall not be referred to as victims. Uh, for, he said that right at the beginning. Yeah. That sort of tipped his hand about where he was going on this. Well, that's kind of, that's common, but that's kind of common though, isn't it though? That the, is the, it the lean toward the defense in that situation? No, no, I, I have to disagree with you on that one. I, I've, I've been trying cases like this for over 20 years and I will tell you that the word victim is bandied about like, you know, chiclets. It, it just that they just throw the word around. They're so used to saying victim, 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 especially if somebody's dead. So for a judge to really break what I think is a very longstanding tradition of referring to any deceased person as a victim in a murder case uh, to say that you can't refer to them as a victim, even though they're dead, uh, that really did, I think, tip their hand. Kyle Rittenhouse has said he is destroying the AR-15 that was used in the shootings. I'm sure it was a difficult decision for him to make until he pretended that the gun was a protester. Hmm. Tucker Carlson is more part of the elite class than you think. Of course, as a child, he was given three names, one of them being Shitbox, courtesy of his classmates. Here he is interviewing Kyle Rittenhouse just days after the verdict, and in true Fox hero worship fashion, Tucker Carlson lets his subject take control of the interview. So tell me, Kyle, how you wound up in Kenosha that day. Um, well, it actually started on August 24th. Um, I was working my job as a lifeguard at the RecPlex in Kenosha County, and then the riots were still going on and a curfew was implied. So I went to Dominic Black's house and I stayed the night over there and saw the videos of the riots and the arson going on. Um, What'd you think of it? It was upsetting because Kenosha is my community. Um, and I just was upset seeing my community up in flames. Yeah, I bet you were. Where were the police? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure really because I, they have a hard job. Um, for sure. But I didn't really think they got the support they needed. The National Guard should have been called August 23rd, but the city of Kenosha failed their, the community. Um, the governor, Tony Evers, failed the community, and there should have been a lot more resources to help with that. That's for sure. So we found out November 7th, the prosecution, we went into the judge's chambers and the prosecution said, we identified Jump Kick Man, and the prosecution threw a fit a little bit. They didn't want us to interview him. They were like, well, he's a victim. Um, and didn't want my investigators or my attorneys to interview him or ask him questions. They just wanted to do it private, non-recorded. And the judge said, no, 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 it's going to be recorded. And then 
couple hours later, they say, oh, he asked for immunity and we're not going to give it to him, so we're not going to be calling him as a witness. Yeah, well, probably didn't want to talk about his criminal record. I mean, if anything, I would not want to be his friend Dominic Black that he referenced because I would have just been like, dude, don't throw me under the bus like that on national TV, man. <laughs> Stop snitching, Kyle. That's uh, it's 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 uh, something that uh, he he felt the need to uh, supplement the police there uh, as as a fifteen uh, year old. But you know, one of the things you said at the top there, uh, Tom, destroying that weapon um, that that's a big that's a big deal because you know Zimmerman got a quarter million dollars for his uh, handgun, so. I'm sure that rifle would have gone for a hunk of change. Like there are actual victims of crimes who don't get their stuff back. And these people got their murder weapons back. Well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Rittenhouse has his, his gun back yet. Cause it's, it's still going to be part of Dominic's trial. Dominic Black's trial. I guarantee it's going to be above a fireplace at Mar-a-Lago in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how Kyle Rittenhouse said that the police or the government failed the community where like he was going around just firing indiscriminately, it seemed. And how did Kenosha become his community? I mean, he, he was in Illinois, right? <laughs> well, he's, he was a, he's a lifeguard there. So that's a pretty important high level position. That's right. a very big pool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, he probably saved people from drowning by just letting the water drain out of all the bullet holes that he put in them. <laughs> One of the key allies of Kyle Rittenhouse inadvertently appeared to be the trial judge, Bruce Schroeder. In this clip, we can see how at ease he is with talking about how the trial's recess could go on longer than planned. What time do you want to spend? Uh, let's hope for one o'clock. I don't know. The uh, Hope the Asian food isn't coming it's on, isn't on one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. Um, but let's uh, aim for one o'clock. I love how he thinks like that's some idea of a witty comment. Like mm-hmm. that judge seems like his opening joke at a speech at a legal conference would be, I went to go meet up with a childhood friend the other day and I set off an Amber Alert. <laughs> I mean, Scott, in, in any other trial, would that would a comment like that necessarily be grounds for recusal i mean even in a even in a case as high as high profile as that no not really i mean the the trial courts are given a very wide latitude in terms of uh things that they say on the bench that may be cringeworthy uh that may show that there's uh you know some sort of uh bias but it really has to show that there's some sort of bias uh against the defendant in that particular situation so um, unless he made some sort of disparaging remark about Kyle or um, about the, the defense lawyer or somehow impacted upon his uh, right to counsel or his, uh, his due process. But just a, a garden variety racist statement made uh, <laughs> on the bench. Uh, I don't know that the appellate courts would necessarily overturn a, a ruling based on that or, or force him to recuse himself. Let's hope the delivery people don't have guns when they bring their lunch to Kyle. I don't know, but Scott, is it is it a crime the way that he smirked at his own terrible joke, though? Is that something that we could he could be? <laughs> I consider that harassment. I really do. I, I just I don't want to see the corners of his mouth arch up or down. I, I just it's cringeworthy. 
Tom never uh, smirks at his own his own terrible jokes. That's right. I, 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 th- I think if he, I think if he's going to joke like that, they at least need to tilt the camera like the old Batman villains, you know. <laughs> or follow that up with "Am I right?" and then let's give it up for the troops. <laughs> That's what she said. Rittenhouse and his lawyer both had cause for celebration after the verdict. In this clip, we hear how his lawyer, Mark Richards, plans to unwind after his client's legal victory at a post-trial press conference. What's next for you? I got a trial in a week. I'm going to take a couple of days off and go to the Badger game tomorrow, which I've missed. Hopefully. I've missed a couple of Badger games because of this trial, and I'm very much we were afraid we weren't going to get to go because they were going to have him deliberate on saturday and i want to see him beat nebraska i hope at his next trial his opposing counsel wears nothing but nebraska ties every day at that trial just to <laughs> just to troll him as a postscript by the way wisconsin ended up beating nebraska uh, 35 to 28 and the game was in wisconsin so there's a good chance any nebraska fans could have been quelled from rioting because you know who knows kyle rittenhouse may have been a guest of that attorney at that game well the wisconsin marching band uh formed the shape of a, of a rifle at half. <laughs> it's wisconsin they do that anyway <laughs> one of kyle rittenhouse's few celebrity backers of any note was former child actor rick schroeder through his political opinions it's become clear that of all the nypd blue cops He's the one who made Andy Sipowitz look less racist. In this video, he gives his thoughts about the new Biden-Harris administration just moments after the inauguration. Friends, while today may seem like all hope is lost, it's not. While today may appear like a sure victory for those people whose thirst for power knows no limits and blinds them to their responsibilities to we the people, it is not. Today, January 20th, 2021, is the world's great awakening. Hundreds of millions of freedom-loving people around the globe now see and understand who our oppressors are. There's nothing they're not capable of. In my opinion, the Biden-Harris administration is corrupt. It's enabled by Communist Party sympathizers within the political establishments of both major U.S. political parties, federal agencies, and corporate America. They employ their agents in big tech, entertainment, and media to confuse the American voter, hiding information necessary to make informed election decisions. I believe if elections aren't secure to the satisfaction of all Americans quickly, we won't have a functioning country in a short time. I encourage all, all parties that want this country to succeed to work together to make sure that election security is part of Biden's 100-day agenda. We can't survive another election like this, and we may not survive this one. I now dedicate my efforts to defend the country I love and the entertainment industry I've devoted my life to. I will fight to liberate. <clears throat> I will fight to liberate our nation. I will fight to liberate our nation from democratic, socialist, CCP agendas. One family, one county, one state, one network, one social media platform at a time, until America is once again led by we the people. And the Democrats won't participate in election security reforms and protecting our First Amendment rights, then we, the people, will defend them. We will defend Lady Liberty for who she is, the world's best hope after God. I like how he was being heckled by the wind at the end there. I know. I was waiting for uh, 
for him to reach out for Anderson Cooper slicker or something, you know. Someone should stick a silver spoon down his. <laughs> Do you know, you know you just ruined my childhood, Tom? I mean, do you I know how many Silver Spoon that reruns that I will never watch again? I, ugh, God. When Rick Schroeder isn't taking a stand about the tyranny that only exists in his own mind, he takes a stand about perceived tyranny in the policies instituted by private businesses. Here he is in a life-or-death struggle against a supervisor at Costco. <laughs> my name is Jason. And who are you, what do you do here? I'm a supervisor, front-end supervisor. And, and we are, why aren't you letting me in? Because in the state of California, in the county of Los Angeles, there has been no, and Costco, there's been no change to our mask policy. Not in the state of California or in the county of Los Angeles. Didn't you see the news? You didn't see the news. Nationwide nationwide Costco have said you don't need to wear masks. Actually, that's not accurate. What What is accurate? So what is accurate is that Costco always goes above and beyond when following the law. And the mandate in California has not changed. There does seem to be the possibility that in June, by mid-June, that's a date that California I know oh, if is they allow at. us, if they, if they grant us that, our kings, the people in power, you're going to listen to these people? Well, I know they destroyed our economy. Well, they're so destroying they're our culture. They're destroying our state. And you're just going to listen to their rules. Well, what we are going to do is simply follow the guidelines. Okay. I'm getting my refund. I'm getting my refund from Costco. I suggest everybody in California get their refund from Costco. Give up your membership to Costco until they remove this. Okay, well, this hasn't changed in any building uh, in California, in any company that I'm aware of, the places I shop still okay. require masks. But that's not the point. The point is Costco is simply abiding by the law, and that's the law. There's my refund. You're the manager? Okay, I'm suggesting everybody in California get a refund from Costco until this rule is lifted. Thank you. Thank you. To be fair, I've been kicked out of way cooler places than Costco <laughs> over the years. So that's where he spends all that TV dough. He's just pissed off he <laughs> blew his audition for Braveheart. I really that's do it. think that that's, that's just, you know, salty. <laughs> They, I was they, like so. They're, they're upset that they, they don't carry his uh, silver spoon action figure anymore. That's what it is. <laughs> I was really impressed by those employees, though. I mean, that guy has more patience than a kindergarten teacher. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. And and I love the hype woman behind him who was just like, yeah, and yet like <laughs> hyping him along. It was great. It was really I was very impressed with that. When someone like Rick Schroeder, of all people, says, I'm not shopping at Costco again, I'm thinking to myself, great, now I can use that as a safe space. (laughs) I feel an ad campaign coming on. I think he likes to go look at the deals, tell other people about them, but not actually purchase them. Like, he's the guy who's like, I was in Costco today for $1,400. You can get a TV that, you know, like, but he doesn't actually purchase any of it. He's just like tells other people what they can find at Costco and for what prices. You can find a flat screen TV for $600 and I got 12 pigs in a blanket. (laughs) (laughs) To sum up, we understand a jury of his peers acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse of all charges. And we also understand that the families may file civil litigation. So his legal troubles may not be over. We also understand that Kyle Rittenhouse was a minor when these crimes occurred and that anything critical we may say might sound like we're bullying. So I'm going to go ahead and combat any of those accusations. Before you decide to send some angry emails and direct messages my way, 
I should tell you that in the interest of full disclosure, that this episode was recorded before Kyle Rittenhouse took his own life. (laughs) And on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Chip Jones, and Scott Reed. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Chip Jones, and guest Scott Reed. Theme music by Euron Vandenberg. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.